Hello, hello, and welcome back to Coffee Stain EDU Podcast. This is your girl, Geneva Rodriguez. I am coming to you with a new series, which is going to cover the New York City teacher tenure portfolio. This has been a very, very popular topic, and this has been um, the topic that I received the most questions about, and this is one of the biggest topics that I've actually um, supported teachers in. Um, when I was a teacher, I didn't have support in creating the tenure binder. And then I started doing my research because all I was told was, oh, you're up for tenure. Um, we're going to discuss X, Y, and Z and present X, Y, and Z. And I'm just like, oh, snap. I don't even know what X, Y, and Z is and how do I put X, Y, and Z together. And I started doing my research and trying to figure out what I needed to do to put together this binder. Um, And because back then it was a hard copy binder, I'm not sure if they still receive those or still accept those. I think um, a lot of it has been, um, it has been shifted over to or changed to a digital copy, a digital uh, portfolio, a digital, um, just a digital format, right? It's easier for um, administrators to review it, to uh, share it with the superintendent's office, and to, um, it's just, you know, keeping up with technology and what's good with that, right? Especially because of the pandemic, every, a lot of things have shifted to um, electronic um, formats, and a lot of things have stayed, have um, remained the same. So I decided, I just wrapped up, tackling the Danielson rubric, which is the frame, teacher framework that teachers in New York City and other cities and states are um, rated on when they are teaching. And I decided to create a series with, um, within the podcast that covers the NYC teacher tenure portfolio. So a few years back, well, well, like I said before, I put together, um, I had to put together my teacher binder, and this was six years ago, and I decided to put together a YouTube video because I know that if I was stressing and struggling to put together this binder because there's not much resources to support online, that there was a lot of other teachers in New York City that was struggling um, with the same thing. Um, you know, you can go online, look up New York City Teacher um, Tenure Binder. The UFT website will come up and it will show you the framework, um, the 2015-2016 Teacher Tenure Decision-Making Framework, which we're going to go over in the podcast as well, well, this, the episode as well. And um, that's really what it tells you. There's not really much information online and it's stressful. It's stressful. It adds additional stress to teachers when they have to put together this binder, binder. Um, that uh, basically is a summary of the past four, I think it's four years now, the the, t- um, the tenure um, time frame is four years, I think now, or five years, I'm not sure. When I did it, it was three years. So basically the binder has to include the first, those, those first three years of me teaching everything within that, right? And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people struggle because they decide, they, they don't, they're not told, they're not guided, they're not advised, right? That they should be, thinking of this binder when they first walk into the classroom. That first assignment you have as an educator, you should be, and I know that's probably the last thing you wanna be thinking about that moment because you are thinking about how you're going to, uh, you know, 
just transition into the classroom how are you going to cover you know to get through the curriculum and learn the students and build relationships think about classroom management and structures and then everything else on top of being an educator right so the last thing you want to be thinking about is a tenure binder got it um but it's it definitely it will be um a great idea for you to start early on it also will help alleviate a lot of stress and also will allow you to cre um, to collect the documentations the artifacts that you need to put together the binder so I'll dive more into that and this is not going to be one episode I'm going to break it up into three maybe four episodes um, because there are three components that you are um, rated on there is a student learning component there's an instructional practice component and there's a professionalism component and then there's a rubric whether it exceeds meets does not fully meet or inability to meet the standards right so you are rated again um just like you are rated in your instructional practices in the classroom with the danielson rubric you are rated for your tenure binder so it's very important that you um get a head start on it do not wait to the third the third year the fourth year the fifth year um to start putting together your binder what i recommend for all teachers for all educators to start that process the first year they become a teacher because in the binder you're going to need evidence of, of student work evidence of um data um planning classroom environment how did you um maintain professionalism and grow professionally within the in the school community um, your interactions with families your co-workers so there's a lot that needs to go in that binder and it needs to be a reflection of your first four years i'm going to just say four years i think that's where we at right now with the 10 years this decision the first four years of your teaching in the classroom so the best and and if you didn't do that if you didn't start the first year that's fine it's just you're going to have to backtrack and f find this these documentations on um, these artifacts to put into your binder so i think i'm going to um break up this series into um three episodes i am going to share resources i am going to post the 10-year decision making framework on the website the website is coffeestains.org coffeestains.org there's a tab on the top of the website on the right hand side that says resources you scroll down you will see all the resources that i have shared for for all the episodes that i have had um thus far so this series is going to be called a, a NYC Teacher Tenure Decision Making, no, sorry, Portfolio. And then we're going to cover what you should be putting into that portfolio. Under, re under the resource tab, you're also going to find two videos. So like I said, when I was a teacher, I didn't find resources or support to put together this binder. So I decided to create a video to help other teachers after I put together my binder. And yes, I received, ten I, I earned, I'm not going to say received, I earned my tenure, right? Because this is all about what you bring to the table, what you show, you're showing that you're, um, that you do deserve to earn this because of what you've done thus far, right? So I earned my tenure um, with this binder. So I decided to share this video to support other teachers. So you can find that, that, that link for the tenure binder YouTube video that I put together will be also on the resources. I also put together a uh, uh, video number two, which was two years ago. So the first video came out six years ago. I actually have over 13K um, views and I also had many people commenting and asking for support and tips and advice on how to um, 
you know, to, to create their, their, their portfolio, to put their portfolio together. Also, some people just were saying, thank you so much. This was a good resource. This was a great tool. So I'm so grateful that this tool, this video was able to help people uh, put together and figure out how to put their tenure binder together because we already have another sh enough stressors as educators. We do not need another one. You know, I do feel that the district, I'm sorry, I do feel that the union should be a little bit a little bit more proactive or a little bit uh, more descriptive or a little bit more organized and a little bit more considerate. I could think of all those words um, when it comes to the tenure process. I just feel like you're just thrown in there. This is the framework. This is what they want. This is what they need. Provide workshops, right? Provide support. Send, send people to schools to help teachers uh, put together their portfolios. Give them examples online on the website of what what a portfolio would look like for elementary, for middle school, for high school, for special needs classes, right? For, um, just for teachers. So, you know, and, and from different districts because different things are expected in these portfolio, in these portfolios, right? I just think that teachers do not need extra stress and frustration and confusion added to their responsibilities already of teaching and educating and preparing our young minds for the world, right? So you can find this video on the resources um, tab, well, on my website under the resource tab, or on tenure binder, tenure, sorry, NYC teacher tenure binder number two video, which is tips for putting together your tenure binder. So this one was put, I put this one up two years ago in the process of helping other educators that I used to work with prepare their tenure binder. And this was through, this, this video uh, was done during the pandemic, well, yeah, around the pandemic time. And this was, um, I think I kind of reference a digital portfolio because they have shifted from on, um, and it depends on what your, your principal wants, right? What your district wants. There are some principals that say, yep, I want a hard copy. So give me a hard copy. There's some principals that say, no, they want a digital, but they give you the free will to decide which platform you want to use or which format you want to use. And then there's some principals that give you specifically what they, what they want you to use, right? So you need to first communicate with your administration. Don't expect don't expect administration to come to you. Don't expect administration to tell you, "Hey, you're up for tenure, yada yada yada." Some schools might dumps, might do that, some schools might not. So don't assume. You need to be on top of it. This is your career, this is your responsibility, this is your livelihood, right? So you need to be on top of it. If you know that you up for tenure this year, you should be having that conversation with the principal early on, right? Wait till the first, the beginning of the school year, create um, craziness settles down. But I definitely will reach out to my administration early in the year. I would say within the first two, three months and say, hey, I believe I'm up for tenure this year. Can we set up a meeting so we can discuss the expectations and how and what like what what format you would like me to present that to you in, right? Have that conversation. Because that shows that you're being professional. That mean that shows that you're being serious. That shows that you're on top of your stuff and that you're being organized. That's going that's going to look good as well when when they're reviewing your binder, and when they're discussing it with the district, right? So have that conversation. That's also going to ease your mind because you're at, you're going to be prepared, right? So have that conversation early on. What I recommend, because things are digital now, um, I did my hard copy. So what I did was every time I got something that I knew aligned, right? So I became familiar with the framework. Um, and what I did was I 
looked at the framework, I read the framework, I became familiar with what was expected of me in the framework, and I started just having that mindset thinking about that. So whenever I put together something with the class, whether I did an activity, whether I did something within the, the my professional um, capacity as an educator, I always kept in mind in the back of my head, tenure binder, tenure binder. So I always kept copies. I always made copies. And I had a folder or a binder. I'm not really too sure right now how I collected those items. And I just kept constantly just putting it together, just throwing it in there, throwing it in there. And slowly I started organizing them by tabs, which I'll go dive in a little bit more. Um, if not this episode, next episode. Um, but you want to start collecting those artifacts early on. Like I said, you need something about student work, student learning. You need something for professionalism. You need something about instructional practices, right? Those are the three areas in your binder. You should start thinking about that when you are putting your, your when you're um, in the beginning of the school year. Um, if you, again, if, you, if this is not your first year and you, you want, you have to go back, start looking through all your artifacts from last year, things that you might have, maybe some student work, some emails, right? Emails will be great because they, they stay in your email. You can easily backtrack. Um, and do some searches and print out. You can even create a folder within your email that just says tenured items so you can slowly drag things away. So whenever you have an email interaction with staff members regarding planning or regarding putting together an event in school, you can start dragging those things into that folder. So then it's easily, it's all compiled into one place and it's easy for you to print out to find your items when you're ready to start creating your binder. I know right now we're in, in a tech-savvy world. Um, Google Drive is your best friend. I love Google Drive. I know there's a lot of people that's getting familiar with Google Drive. Um, Google is, uh, like, I hated Google at first because I wasn't familiar with it. Now I just cannot live without it. You you know, you can log on to your Google um, folder, your Google Drive from anywhere. You can access your documents from anywhere, and you can organize it any way you would like. I actually used that for my leadership program when I was putting together my internship file artifacts. And it was great because there were so many different components and so many different artifacts I had to collect. So it's not, you could create folders within folders within folders. So if you want to create in your Google Drive a tenure folder, do that. Create, um, you know, to label it tenure documents and just start dragging stuff in there, adding stuff in there. Get into the mindset where you are always thinking about what should go in my tenure binder, what should go in my tenure binder, and maybe focus, you know, an hour or two out of the week organizing those folders, right, and separating it by student work instructional practices and professionalism. That way, when it's time for you to put together that binder, you're not going crazy looking for documents, right? So I think that would be a great way to start organizing your documents. Um, and I, you know, I just kind of jumped into this right now. I didn't even mention anything to my, my listeners saying, thank you for listening again. I didn't share any contact information. I just jumped really in because I'm very passionate about this, this, um, this title, sorry, not this title, this topic, because it has constantly come, come up in conversations or in, on social media when people reach out to me. I just had um, a female, um, a teacher, sorry, a teacher reach out to me on um, on. Instagram. She watched my YouTube video and she found me on Instagram and she's, you know, putting together her tenure stuff right now. And she asked me some support and some tips and I looked over her stuff, you know, um, and she sent it over to me. I looked it over. I gave her some tips and advice, you know, I um, gave her some praise on what she already had in there. And she was using Google, a Google drive. A Google folder that she clearly labeled tenure portfolio, tenure binder, tenure portfolio, I believe. And within that folder, she had three other folders. 
as she had pictures in there she had copies of emails in there she had documents that she had data she had a bunch of things and it was broken down so again just confirm with your administration what format they want for you but you should even if you're not ready to have that conversation with them because it's not you're not up for tenure you can um, probably ask other teachers in the school on um, what format that the principal that the principal prefer or you can just start organizing your stuff early on that way when you're up for it you have all your stuff um, put together okay so it's very important that you do that so check out those videos they're on um, www.coffeestand.org website and you can find them under resources and there's going to be links for the two YouTube video YouTube videos um, my YouTube channel is G Rodriguez 18 if you just wanted to go straight on there and you can find the bind on the, the videos uh, one is six years ago it's called NYC teacher tenure binder number one and the second one is NYC teacher tenure binder number two tips for putting together your tenure binder I suggest you look at those videos become familiar with it also the resources has the 2015-2016 um, ten teacher tenure decision-making framework which gives you the rubric and what's expected from you right make sure you look at page two right because some people have asked me oh how much should i put in there um it all depends um on the principle but you should have a minimum in here it shows you submission guidance right and you should have at least two pieces of uh, two at least minimum two pieces of data demonstrating the effect of teacher practice on student achievement and this can include um, performance of the majority of, of teacher of teachers students um, it should have a range to uh, from SWDs to L's whatever you have in your community you should your data should show growth or measurements of growth like how did you man, monitor the growth of the students um, and assessing mass ma mastery of specific skills or standards so um, you want to make sure that that is evident and visible within your um, portfolio. Um, you want to have copies of two, two evaluation reports from advance and also up to two pieces of additional evidence that illustrates planning and preparation. So that could be um, planning with teachers, lesson plans, um, any type of email interaction. Maybe you went to some PDs based on curriculum planning or how to differentiate instruction for your students or how to you know, support the needs of else. Um, anything that shows um, how you start, how you planned collaboratively. Um, And then you want to have up to two, up to two pieces of evidence that illustrates teacher professionalism, right? Like how did you communicate with families? Um, how did you participate in professional community, the community, and professional and 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 or professional conduct, right? So again, that could be PDs. That can be um, did you put together a newsletter for families? Did you have a parent log that you use? Did you have parent engagement? How how the when was parent engagement? How often was it? Was there a log? How effective was it? What was the outcome of that um, communication with families? Um, how did you participate in the school's professional community? You know, sometimes schools have. Um, events how did you participate in those things maybe you have a math night um, maybe you have a parent night maybe you have movie nights maybe you have um celebrations festivals that you participate in um maybe you 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 part of a curriculum team right um maybe you part of grade planning uh, units of study so there's many ways that you can be part of um that you can show evidence of your participation in the school's professional community
and conducting yourself in a professional way. Uh, maybe some in intervisitations that you open your classroom to to help support um, your colleagues. So we're going to break down. Um, this is episode one, and this was, I think we're going into 19 minutes. So I think I'm going to keep episode one just about kind of like an introduction of what this series is going to include. So I think this season, this series is going to have four episodes. So the four, the four episodes will be this episode, which is kind of like an introduction of what to expect. And we went over the framework a little bit and what you should be putting into it. The next three episodes, we're going to dive deep into each area. Next episode is going to be focusing on student learning and how that looks and what you should put in there. And I'll, and I'll share some examples of what that would look like. And again, this is only going based off my tenure binder and the fact that I did earn my tenure based on the binder and the artifacts that I, I submitted. I, you know, like I'm not a professional with tenure binders. I'll let you know that right now. Um, I'm just sharing my knowledge and my experience with the process. So um, you can take it for what it is. You can use it as a tool, as a resource in putting your binders together. But if you do not earn, if you do not earn your tenure, be, and then you try to come at me and blame me for you not earning your, your, your tenure, that's a no-no. That is absolutely a no-no. This is just a resource that I'm offering for free. My, my tips and advice is for free. I am not an expert. I do not have some schooling or education on putting together tenure portfolios. I'm going solely based off the decision-making framework and my knowledge, my personal experience and knowledge in putting together a tenure binder, okay? So I just need to say that disclaimer real quick because this is not going to guarantee you tenure at all. Just like when you're, you, you, have, you hire somebody, you have someone help you put, that, put together a resume, they cannot guarantee that you're going to get that job. Because you can look awesome on paper, but if you don't present yourself well, if you don't know how to articulate yourself, you don't know if there's, there's other, a lot of other factors that go into, and go into play when, peop, when you're, you're being considered for a position. So... While you might be putting this tenure binder together, it might be dope, it might be perfect, it might exceed the standards of expectation for learning, student learning, instructional practice, and professionalism. Because you listen to my videos, I mean, listen to my audio, my podcast, and you watch my videos. Um, no two principals are the same. No two superintendents are the same. You and me are two different people, right? So you and I are two different people. So while I earned my tenure based off what I presented, it you know there's a lot of other factors that go into play. How do you carry yourself? How do you conduct yourself in school? How do you speak to the students? How you do? How do you work with other staff members, right? How do you go above and beyond for your school? How do you show show up and show out? How do you um, set yourself apart, right? How do you show your passion? for your job so there's a lot of things that go into it and um your tenure binder is is a major factor when it comes to that because that's going to be a reflection of who you are and what you do but these people know you you work with them you've been with them for the for the past four years right so keep that all in mind um and you know there might be a principal that feels like oh you're not there yet so expect i mean don't expect um just what go in there with an open mind um, to, and, and um, don't be surprised if a principal says that they're going to extend your tenure, that, they're, that they think that you're not ready yet, right? This could be a moment for you to reflect. This is a moment for you to have a conversation with your principal one-on-one -on -one and ask why 
and what can I do so that I can earn my tenure for the next year, right? Because if a, if someone's not gonna um, offer it to you because you didn't, they feel that you were not, you did not earn it yet. There has to be some logic. There has to be some reasons. There has to be some evidence as to why they felt you didn't, you didn't earn it at that moment, um, based on what they saw in front of them or based on your practices, right? So this is a perfect opportunity to reflect. Okay, it might suck, absolutely, um, but. This is an opportunity to grow. Remember, we are lifelong learners. We have to embrace that full mind, body, and soul. We have to embrace that we are lifelong learners. And if you don't earn your tenure now, you have an opportunity to earn it next time, okay? If at first you don't succeed, what they say? What does Aaliyah say? Dust yourself off and try again, right? (laughs) So dust yourself off. Talk to your admin. Ask them, what do I need to do to earn my tenure? What do you want to see? in order for me to earn my tenure and apply that ask questions so you can become effective so that you can earn your tenure and that you can show your administration that you are serious about your job that you acknowledge that okay i didn't earn it right now because it wasn't what you thought i earned at that moment that i wasn't ready for but i want to work towards that what can i do to work towards that okay so I think I'm going to wrap up this first episode with that. Um, we went over the framework. Again, you can, you, can, you can have a visual of it. It's a PDF document on the website. You can watch my videos, which I hope you do because I do feel, I'm a visual learner too. So um, there are many, we have many visual learners. Maybe just you listening to my audio is, is, is enough for you. But um, watch the video. I go over, I go over the tenure um, framework and I show you what I put in my portfolio binder what I put together what I put in my binder for each area of the framework um, and you know you just have to figure out a way that's gonna be best for you to organize that um, become familiar with what the expectations are and what they need from you from this framework and slowly start collecting those artifacts and putting them to the side that's going to be the best bet. That's going to be your best bet. It's going to be the best way for you to get ahead of the game and be prepared and have those conversations with your administration about the, the tenure process, what's expected of you, what format they would like that in, and revisit in the middle of the year when that meeting is going to be. All right? Um, and if you, you know, if you, if you do this, you follow those steps and you are ahead of the game, then, you know, there's really no reason for you not to earn tenure. But again, like this, this video, me helping you, me, you using my, my tools, uh, my, my supports to help you doesn't guarantee that you're going to be earned, that you're going to earn tenure. Okay. So I'm going to wrap up this episode now. Again, this is your host, Geneva Rodriguez. This is episode one of our fourth season, which is NYC teacher tenure portfolio. This series is going to consist of four episodes, which is going to cover each area of the framework and of the ten, of the decision-making framework for the NYC teacher tenure um, portfolio. I just chopped that all up. Let me try that again. <laughs> so this is episode one of four from our New York City Teacher Tenure Portfolio Series. This was the introduction. Next episode is going to be all about student learning, and I'm going to um, go into each, you know, into each part of the rubric and tell you 
what it sh what it looks like if you get exceed standards um what it will look like if you you get meets standards um what it, what would it look like if you get does not yet fully meet and has fewer than two years evidence that meets standards of expectations so like i said you need something you need something from every year if your tenure binder is at the fourth at the end of the fourth year of you teaching you need to have from every year of teaching and I think that's where a lot of people um, mess up in that. Alexa, stop. They mess up in um, putting together their binder and they fall short of the artifacts they put in place because they don't include from every year. Um, I usually start my episodes with um, letting people know that this is uh, me, genuinely me. I don't edit any of my um, material. I take pride in just recording and submitting online so to all the platforms that you can listen to Coffee Stains EDU podcast on because I want you to um, really get me for me. Know that I am not perfect. I am human. I am humble. Uh, humble. I am flawed. I make mistakes, um, and I am just here sharing tips and advice based on my experience and my journey in the educational system. So just like you heard me telling Alexa to stop, because dinner is actually in the oven, <laughs> um, you're going to hear stuff like that. If, you, if you're a newbie, then you, you, you're going to learn really quick today. <laughs> That's what it's about when you listen to my episodes. I do not edit anything. It It's recorded once and uploaded and given to the world. And that's that. I try to make my episodes 20 minutes or less, but lately they've been a little longer because I feel like there's the, the topics that I'm covering, um, I can't really cover within 20 minutes. Or maybe I could if I just cut down all the extra stuff that I say, but then I wouldn't be me, right? So anyways... I'm about to hit the 30 minute mark so i'm gonna wrap it up again this is your host geneva rodriguez thank you for joining us on coffee stains edu podcast you can find us on instagram at coffee stains underscore edu you can email me at geneva rodriguez 30 at gmail.com you can find our website www.coffeestain.org and you can listen to us on amazon music iHeartRadio, and spotify and when you find our podcast click follow that way you'll keep up to date with all the new episodes that's coming out when you go to my website you scroll down to the bottom you have links to my linktree account you have um my twitter you also have the youtube channel where you can find other videos that i have up there and you can find the instagram link all right so thank you thank you again for joining us for season um for season four episode one of our nyc teacher tenure portfolio series it's a wrap